Hello, everybody, and welcome to Versus, brought to you by the Art Fight Podcast. Every week on Versus, we match up one fighter and one artist from the past or the present in a winner-take-all three-round battle. In the first round, we'll introduce our fighter. In the second round, we'll introduce our artist. And in the third round, we'll reveal our scorecards and declare our winner. I am Joe Nolan. I'm here with my co-host, Brian Siskin. Let the battle begin. This week, one of the most creative fighters in mixed martial arts, El Kukui himself, Tony Ferguson, faces off against the interplanetary emissary of cosmic jazz, Sun Ra. Brian, I can't wait for this fight. Well, let me just tell you, I, I first of all know that I will never be able to match your energy and I really appreciate it. Um, also, uh, that's how I win. Brian. The, your, your rap that you have preceding Sun Ra's description is unbelievable. I love that. And uh, and let me say, too, that uh, to, to the audience here that when we were talking about who was going to sort of be taking who, are you taking Ferguson? Am I taking Ferguson or are you going to do Sun Ra on this one? I initially thought that I would go Sun Ra because I feel like I'm more music and you're probably, Joe, a little bit more fight knowledgeable than I am. But I realized I was wrong. You are actually far more Sun Ra, more Sun Ra knowledgeable than I will ever be in my entire life. And I thought that I was a lifelong student. You, you just, you just sort of casually, you know, here's like seven articles, deep, sort of rich uh, prose that I've written in all points of analysis of Sun Ra. So, so I feel like that I'm just sort of the other foot in this one. I'll be the 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 the, the sort of sandbagger. Uh, but but I but I am very excited, and uh, and I think that this is. Um, a great comparison that we're doing because it's the first time where I think we've really uh, been able to get two figures that I consider to be of such likeness or similarity. So I uh, yeah, cool. I mean, it's really weird because I really think that both these guys are incredibly unique. And I think that, uh, you know, if you if you were going to pair up uh, as the only two people who are crazy enough to think people should be engaging in an activity like this, if you were going to pair Tony Ferguson up with uh, with anyone, really the only person in the creative universe, perhaps, is Sun Ra, is the only one who like really is. I mean, both these both these guys are, I think, unique is the word that I think is. To me, it's the most important thing going on here. Like, there's nobody like Tony Ferguson, and there's nobody like Sun Ra. And uh, but Brian, there can only be one winner. So let's go ahead and start our our uh, our, our fight for the week. Why don't you tell us uh, about Tony Ferguson for all of our art friends out there who don't know about this guy, who is a creative genius of uh, of uh, fistification? Oh my gosh! So I mean. And this is this is the beauty of uh, I think being a mixed martial arts sort of uh, you know a fan is because it's so it's so hard to sort of encapsulate certain figures in this sport. It's uh, and, and it's easier maybe perhaps cliche to say somebody's beyond category or, or whatever. But Ferguson is truly uh, beyond category. So for the so the baseline here, uh, folks, is that Tony Ferguson uh, El Kukui, as he's called, uh, is a lightweight fighter fighting in in one fifty five. Uh, class, which is, you know, as we talked about last week with our bout with Barbosa versus George Bellows, 155 is is the hardest probably place to be. Um, and, you know, Ferguson has been fighting in this class for uh, 11 or eight, eight, was it eight years? Was it 2012? Anyway, a long time. He's 25 and four. He's only had five decisions. Uh, you know, somebody's gotten hurt uh, pretty much every time. And, uh, you know, he's been on a, a legendary 12 fight win streak that just uh, got broken. Uh, but in a way, it's been sort of interesting because we can now see sort of another. He's not riding that wave anymore. So how does he deal with that? And he's already uh, proven himself to be very interesting. But anyway, you should know about his fighting style, that it's incredibly 
artistic. It's incredibly creative. Um, it's self-indulgent. It is, uh, his, his style is not, um, uh, Trent Reinsmith wrote a great piece about, uh, uh, Tony Ferguson and essentially said, you know, that it's not, his style is not flowy in, in that, in that sort of, uh, paradigm. It's more like, he's just so artful in his clear reactions to everything that's happening in front of him or around him. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the same time, you know, it's a fine line. People, I mean, he's had, uh, you know, issues, right, mentally and maybe some things going on with him that are, you know, uh, a little bit left of field. But but generally, I mean, he's just been the hardest worker that you've ever seen. And the last thing I just want to throw in there is just that without getting into more of his fighting style, he he, he has a way of capturing audiences and, and absolute attention because of uh, just his violence, his elbows, his ruthlessness, his sheer toughness and you don't know which way he's going to move or how he's going to move and you know that someone's going to get hit with an elbow generally and it's going to be uh, of a slicing kind of variety so without getting too violent uh, about it I mean it's it's really something to see so so generally you know I think that both Sun Ra and, and Ferguson are also similar in, in like this idea that they're sort of mystics and they're perhaps misunderstood by their peers uh, by and large both also have a deep I think respect for, yeah, like mysticism, numerology, symbols, <laughs> uh, ancient rites, you know, there's, Alchemy. there is, there's this undercurrent of, um, uh, not like one spirituality, but like a, a strange intersection of a lot of different things in the same way that I, you can tell us about now with Sun Ra in terms of, you know, on one hand, he's, he's speaking to black nationalists and on the other he's speaking to a, a totally different audience and he somehow could do all that. So maybe tell, tell us about Sun Ra to the, uh, to the uninitiated before we get into it. Yeah. Well, I think the, I think one of the, you know, outside of what we were just talking about, the idea that, that these guys are both just very unique people in the, in the, you know, creative worlds they, they roam in and therefore are very much alike in their uniqueness. If that's, just, if that's something we can point at. Um, I think one of the most, uh, interesting sort of uh, continuities between them both. And this sort of alludes to what you're saying about Tony's fighting style is there's something improvisational about what Tony's doing. There's like, it's, he's not flowy the way like a Kung Fu Wushu artist is when every move goes into another move and it's just this beautiful physical expression. He has moments like that, uh, especially in his rolling and things, which is like, you know, this outrageous sort of uh, movement in the ring that he'll do that nobody else will, will even think about doing. (laughs) But, um, uh, but, but Tony's thing is uh, can sometimes seem more awkward than that because it really is moment to moment just you know the next thing that's going to happen it could be anything even for him he has no idea it depends maybe this maybe that I don't know I'm going to react and that's what it's going to be and that's very much the way you know jazz musicians will behave when they're playing in an ensemble and um, they're they're improvising you know it's it's really what I'm going to play next depends on what you're going to play next and what he's going to play next and 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 nobody knows what's coming next until it happens and then we're reacting again and and that's the way that works so I I feel like there's this improvisational quality to both these guys. Um, we celebrated the centenary of uh, Sun Ra back in 2014. So he was born in uh, 1914. So this is a guy who's, you know, almost back in the in the 19th century. He's barely even part of the 20th century. And yet, Unbelievable. as a... I know, it's insane. Because as a musician uh, and as a composer and uh, as a band leader, this guy's 
forward thinking vision is still beyond many, many people. I mean, he's he's still so far out there. It's insane that that this guy was, you know, already 30 by the time World War Two came around. Right. So uh, so uh, uh, he he's a, a really an incredible guy. His birthday was May 22nd, by the way. So we're almost celebrating his birthday. Um, and uh, Sun Rob was somebody like you said, he, he uh, his aesthetic sort of involved like Afrofuturism and a lot of things that had to do with like uh, black nationalism, all this stuff by the time his music was becoming, you know, popular in the 60s and things like this. Um, but also always had this cosmic element to it and always had this forward thinking thing going on. So uh, um, you you mentioned that I had written all these articles for my blog uh, back in the day. It's for some reason, every time it would come around to Christmas time or something, there's this one Christmas single that Sun Ra and the orchestra, which was the name of his band, had released. And so it just became this Christmas tradition where I talk about Sun Ra um, almost every year. So uh, uh, I found in one of these articles, they, they sort of, uh, I, I was quoting a different article in my blog post, but it said, uh, 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 it just talks about like some of the ground that this guy from 1914, born in 1914, and this is the kind of things he was doing, was that he, um, uh, yeah, but, but, but here we go. On the other hand, Sun Ra was the first jazz musician to perform on electronic keyboards. He was the first to pursue full-scale collective improvisation in a big band setting, and his preoccupation with space travel as a compositional subject predated bands like Weather Report by 15 years, like a decade and a half ahead of all those guys, you know? So he's he's one of a kind. There's never been anything like him. Um, there's a great book. I think the book is the book called Space is the Place, I believe. And uh, it's uh, there's a great biography about Sun Ra there. If you if you go out there and find it, you can look for it. One of the most interesting things about Sun Ra too is that this band that he had was really organized like a communal living experiment. You know, all these guys were in the same house together. They lived together. They traveled together. They ate together. Being in the orchestra wasn't just about playing music in a band. It was about a way of life. And that way of life was like had everything to do with you know, uh, uh, struggling to keep a band together in the mid century as much as it did with the, the, the pyramids of Egypt and the paradise to come. I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> it's a right. big picture. It's a big picture situation with Sun Ra. And, and that's, that, this is, a, these are all the reasons why, you know, we need somebody of this might and, mm. and expanse to go up against Tony Ferguson. Yeah. And before we jump to the first round too, uh, I just want to say that one of the things I appreciate about both of these, uh, sort of figures in this kind of comparative sense is that they both, uh, I mean, a lot of fighters, I would say, have this, and you could say probably a lot of artists have this, but those two, these these two figures had a very unique and very concentrated uh, sort of feeling of it's, it's me against the world, and I'm going to yeah. wield myself through the world in exactly, unapologetically, the way that I feel, and I'm not going to hedge, I'm not going to soften any corners of anything i i'm just going to be an unapologetic pure assertion of my craft you know uh right. and, and i think that that's like i said that, that can be very much a cliche sometimes but i think in the case of of these two it it really is uh really is the case so uh so what's next we do the first round we get into this yeah, right here we go yeah right. so uh so first Tell the we're rules. Compare, yeah. 
We're going to compare uh, uh, these guys. This is basically a, a, a rule set that we uh, borrowed from the UFC rule set, sort of tweaked it a little bit so that it could fit these both these guys as artists, not necessarily just the fighter. Um, uh, and uh, we're going to uh, judge their effective use of creative tools, their effective aggression, and their uh, art era control. Uh, so um, let's go ahead and start with the uh, effective use of creative tools. Brian, you and I will both be judging each of these categories using a 10 point must system so i don't see any 10 8 rounds in this one by the way this is a very close fight <laughs> it's also quite rigged if you think about it we just set this up to then judge ourselves but yes uh there's there is no objectivity here on on the art fight podcast uh all right so we're first getting into effective use of creative tools right yeah all right so i'll go first with with tony so Everyone who's ever seen Tony Ferguson fight remembers that they saw him fight. It's mm. that's not an easy thing to accomplish. You, you can you can you can be one of those fighters that is memorable, but Tony can do it in a way where even you know in the rare cases where he's lost, you just it, it burns into your your consciousness. So, uh, what is it about that, right? And it's really about his um, spontaneity and his. Uh, his maneuvers, right? His evasive maneuvers and his tumbling and his capoeira and a break dancing all combined to be this uh, this this uh, sort of unpredictable uh, electric kind of force upon like, like where anything can happen at any at any time and and uh, and you can tell that he's he's brought so much into his his tool set. I mean. The guys obviously, you know, kicking poles, uh, you know, and, and we, we could go for, you can find videos on YouTube of him, just his training, just excerpts of his trainings that go on for uh, 30 minutes that are just constantly snapshots of different, what the hell is he doing right now? You know, centrifuge of tires and, you know, <laughs> you, know uh, you know, whacking himself uh, in the legs and- Any number of activities performed on a balance ball. The spin, yeah, <laughs> yes, exactly. And uh, the spinning weights, you know, and he's, 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 uh, he's like a human, he's trying to become like a human gyroscope or something. So uh, there's just, there's no way I can explain that. We don't have the time to get into it here, but I think that in terms of creative tools, the guy's got creative tools. Now we're going to go now to Sunra, but you know, uh, you know, if Tony had a Moog synthesizer, strange shit would happen too. So oh, it would, it would. I would yeah. love to see. I would love to. I would love to be so fun to find out. I, I'm not aware of him being at all creative in in the arts in any way. But man, I would love. I would love just to give him something. You know what I mean? And see what he could do with it. Because I because I. I would, I would be, I, I would not be surprised if, like you said, if you gave him a synthesizer and an hour to twist some knobs, <laughs> like he would come up with some weird stuff. Uh, but, uh, but you know who else would do that is Sun Ra. Sun Ra to me is like uh, the thing that separates Sun Ra from the pack. I feel is that he was. Uh, uh, not only a piano player in his own right and a very advanced piano player. And like, we're talking about like somebody who was literally breaking down barriers and, and, and moving over to electronic keyboards before any of his peers were even thinking of that long, long before Miles Davis was doing any prototype, like prototype recipient of the earliest synths. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, I mean, as far ahead as you yeah. could possibly be as an individual musician, but then he was also the composer. He was also the band leader. He was also the cosmologist, man. I mean, to, me there's 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 no limit to what he was able to do in the small picture and in the big picture with these creative tools that he had and 
I, I mean, there's there's I, it's there's almost nobody who's even in the category. I mean, I don't know if there is anybody in the category. George Clinton, kind of, you know, but George Clinton is like a little bit more of a tongue-in-cheek sort of version, where Sun Ra is a true believer. <laughs> yes. So, uh, so anyway, with that in mind, Brian, who who wins the first round for you? Hmm. Well, I really think that you have to consider tools to be also the constructs through which you work. If he, Sun Ra being such a, a band leader and, and having instrumental prowess and charging his way through the business and the culture and the way that he did, I mean, I'm not gonna lie, it's hard. Uh, I think it's very, very, very close, but I do feel that, I mean, it, would, it might be different. We have a huge age difference here. I mean, obviously Sun Ra died in the sure. early 90s, but was, you know, he had a, he had a solid run. Perhaps Tony, perhaps Tony will outpace Sun Ra's creative tools down the road, but I think it takes a right. lifetime to do that. So yeah, because we'll of that, I will seed uh, 10-9 uh, round to, uh, in the favor of Sun Ra. Yeah, I, I have come to the same conclusion. So yeah, so the first round goes to Sun Ra. I mean, uh, what a mountain to try to climb, by the way. So, so, but a close, a close round, nonetheless, a very close round within their, within their, you know, uh, within their respective fields, uh, you know, uh, it's hard to find anyone who, uh, it brings more creativity to their toolkit than, um, than somebody like Tony Ferguson. Uh, now this next category to me, uh, maybe leans a little bit in Ferguson's, uh, 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 direction, uh, the use of effective, I'm going to call it effective creative aggression, because I think that helps us kind of bridge the gap between the artist and the fighter more, but this is like about who's really bringing it, you know, when it comes to their, their work, their career, their music, their, their whole thing. Mm. Uh, and we can't deny the fact that Tony Ferguson never fails to bring it. I mean, you know, I think that anyone who's won a fight with an up kick, <laughs> right? I mean, just it, his toughness. I mean, this last fight that he lost, n no shame in that at all. I mean, the only thing is that they probably should have stopped it or his corner should have stopped it or something. Yeah. But um, the only problem is he's so tough. They should have stopped the fight earlier because he was never going to be stopped. Yeah. So you hear people in the in the fight game all the time talking about sort of uh uh, you know, people being essentially a danger to themselves because they're just going to tough out anything. Right. Um, and that's just sort of the underlying kind of, uh, I think it almost takes that kind of, uh, lack of pragmatism or forethought mm -hmm. to even be in the position of fighting. So it's hard for me to forgive people that just are still in that perpetual, like, you know, I'm just, I'm going to do this or I'm going to die kind of thing. I, Right. You know, so, uh, but anyway, in terms of effective creative aggression, you know, I, I think that uh, for Ferguson, for Tony Ferguson, it's, I mean, that's his, that is, that encapsulates exactly what his game is, creative yeah. aggression. So right. uh, if I'm, comp you know, I don't know if we're doing like the back and forth here again, but basically Tony's Fer Tony Ferguson's toughness clearly defined in his last fight, but always been there. At the same time, like the weird, you know, like he he has a uh, a devastating knee injury and surgery, and comes back with a you know in a absurd small like six months or five months, whatever something right. something that would have us hobbled for years. Yeah, uh, he makes weight for fights he's not going to fight. Yeah, <laughs> just, you know, his fights get canceled, yeah. and he still makes weight. Yeah, like, who just because. Yeah. I mean, so that, that tells you right there that that's somebody operating on their own set of standards. But, uh, but yeah, so in terms of creative aggression, I'm saying Tony Ferguson because that's what he is. 
Mm-hmm. No, I totally agree. Um, I feel like uh, Sun Ra does have this very long career. Sun Ra really does seem to uh, – all these things I just mentioned, the the way that the, the band lived communally, the way the band changed throughout time, like the way they adopted new styles and evolved in these interesting ways. It's like – uh, everything Sun Ra was trying to do was about sustainability, you know, and and he did sustain. And and by the time he, you know he left this this uh, earthly plane, uh, he's built this massive fucking body of work that any of our listeners now who've never heard of Sun Ra and the orchestra, you've got you've got a you got the rest of your life to get through this stuff, man, because there's a lot to the Sun Ra thing. There's tons of stuff. So in a way, I think Sun Ra to me was somebody who was about building this large body of work over time you know what i mean but there wasn't an aggressive uh you know intensity to what he did it was it was it was specifically not that really i really feel like sun ra was really more interested in building something that would last and i think he really did that but that's a different kind of thing than uh than what we're talking about when we're talking about effective creative aggression you know Hmm. um uh so with that in mind i have to agree with you i think you know you can't talk about creative aggression without talking about Tony Ferguson, and he's going to take our second round. Ten, uh, a ten nine for me as well, a Tony Ferguson. Wow! So it's one 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 a piece. It is. This is we don't do we don't figure these out ahead of time. Everybody, we're this we're not just going through the motions here. This is all we're, we never know what we're doing. Okay, so the, the last one is it's the art era control. So uh, so who within their within their work is a fighter or an artist who uh, who you know, grabbed some space and held it, you know, and, and, uh, uh, made people, uh, come to grips with them. <laughs> wow. Well, you know, so for me, like I'm already thinking this is not going to bode well for Tony Ferguson, this, this, this round and this criteria, because I mean, and I can't imagine what this is like though, to, to go on a 12 a, a fight streak that lasts the better part of eight years and to have it all gone and, and, MMA is so finicky, you know, if you're an artist and you're, and you make a, a, a series of paintings people don't like, they're not going to just fully abandon you. It's just considered sort of part of your journey. <laughs> Maybe they'll come back, you know, right. Uh, music, so, you know, so like, Tony, Tony, Tony was on a 12 fight win streak and just a few weeks ago lost the fight and broke that streak just for people who aren't yeah, keeping up. Yeah. Them. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, and, and the only title that he ever actually held was interim, right? That's right. Yeah. So, um, you know, as much as he had this uh, standing uh, run that he was on, some people can argue and look at who he fought over that run and say, you know, I mean, he definitely fought some some great fighters. He fought Donald Cerrone. He, you know, he fought Anthony Pettis and destroyed them. You know, yeah. uh, you know, uh, but he's also got, you know, some fights that are with lesser fighters than that, and so maybe that contributed to his run. But I feel like that kind of weighs out with counterbalances you know the insanity of him coming back from injuries and all the things that he's done to 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 be there for it and we haven't even begun to mention and i think this is good that that he was scheduled to fight you know probably one of the top three fighters to ever exist uh five times and it never happened so uh and yeah it, it was crazy with Khabib. so we're not even gonna talk about that because it's just we, we gotta we gotta move on we have to collectively uh wish that fight goodbye but um uh but in terms of art era control I feel like, you know, unfortunately in sports, for whatever reason, uh, I think it's looked at differently than it is in art or creative worlds because art can have Mm -hmm. this subjective resurgence and 40 years 
posthumously something can become appreciated or, you know, it, there's a lot more malleability to sort of the, I think, era control mechanisms or possibilities for an artist or a creative because you're just right. putting media into space. Uh, however, if you're looking at the last decade, I mean, Tony Ferguson has been right there, one of the top fighters uh, for the better part of you know what people most people would consider modern MMA. That right. being said, he never really got there for, for circumstances, mm-hmm. bad luck, and all the other things in between. Uh, he just never got there. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm already kind of handing this off. I'm not going to fight too hard, but I feel like that. I feel like this is going to go your way. But you tell me why. You tell us why. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, I think I think you're onto something. I think I think you bring up an interesting point that that a lot of it has to do with the way we see these two different things through these different lenses in combat sports. You know, if we're going to talk about your art era control, the first thing I want to know is. Uh, when did you become the champ and how long did you hold your championship? Yeah. You know, and somebody like Tony, you know, has, has been somebody who's just like slipped right past that brass ring, you know, a number of times, no matter how many people he's beat in the meantime, no matter how many you know years he's been on a winning run, no matter how impossible that is for all the other fighters that are in his division, the worst of divi- it, the hardest division that you could possibly be in um, at the end of the day, you know, you got to get that belt and you got to hold on to it. You know what I mean? And I think with Sun Ra, as I was talking about in the last category regarding effective aggression, I think it's exactly because he took this big picture, long haul sort of perspective that that created this legacy for him. And and even though Sun Ra wasn't the rock star that, you know, Miles Davis was, he wasn't the rock star that John Coltrane was, all these people who came up under him and after him uh, or his peers during that time, mm-hmm. you know, he was... Uh, Pharaoh. He was... Yeah, yeah, exactly. So he was always in there and able to keep it going, like I said. But uh, but really, at the, at the end of the day, I really feel like his... Uh, his, you know, focus on creating this long-term sustained project is why now and for decades to come, we'll be looking back at Sun Ra as a as a one of a kind, one and only genius. Uh, when lots of these other people who might have had more hits or more number ones on the jazz chart and things like that, mm. uh, uh, you know, they won the Downbeat Award in 1965 or whatever. <laughs> you know, it's like that 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 pales in comparison to what Sun Ra did in the long term. Yeah. So, uh, so uh, here I am again, Brian. I am right with you on this, and uh, uh, I'm gonna say it's a 10-9 round again, uh-huh. a close round again. But at the end of the day, uh, Sun Ra takes this round as well, and uh, here we are uh, uh, with our with our score. We got uh, Tony winning the first round, or, or Tony winning the second round, but Sun Ra taking the first and the third round. It's a it's a unanimous decision, uh, not a knockout, but a unanimous decision for Sun Ra over Tony Ferguson. And really, I mean, if you're gonna <laughs> if you're gonna lose to anyone in this uh, feigned capacity that we have invented for our sole enjoyment, right? Um, yeah, that's and you should go listen to the Sun Ra album, Champ Shit Only. <laughs> <laughs> that's so Champ good, shit. man. I was listening. Champ Shit Only. Champ Shit Only. And getting ready for this, man, I was listening to. Uh, oh, what is that Sun Ra record where he's talking? It's all like sort of. It's probably it's, it's got to be from mid '80s or early '80s, but it's uh, sort of Cold War response type of stuff. But it's all this like. Oh, it's called like nucle- nuclear war. That sounds right. Yeah. And, and he's just like. He's got so it's, much stuff. It's got, and the whole chant is just sort of like. Is what is it? It's like it's just gonna. I love the chanting. You're gonna lose your ass, you know. <laughs> this whole no, thing. It's, 
It's fantastic. I found out about Sun Ra when I was in college. There used to be a show. You can you can find a bunch of these on on YouTube now. There used to be a show called Night Music that was on oh, yeah. uh, late at night. That was you know, great. on one of the one. I think it, it might have been on public TV, but I think it might have been on like NBC or something. Mm-hmm. But it was on at like one in the morning on Saturdays or something. And all of a sudden, I'm just coming home from a party or whatever and flip the TV on, and here's this crazy shit going on. All these guys are in costume. All this stuff is happening, and I was just like, "What the hell is this?" And <laughs> Uh, and you can see the the orchestra still tours. Sun Ra has been gone for a while, but the orchestra. This is how amazing and how sustainable that project was. It's you know decades after Sun Ra's death, and and the band's still going. So uh, um, so if people are interested, you can still you know sort of experience what this is. It's still insanely weird. I've seen the orchestra without Sun Ra, and it's very bizarre. So I yeah. highly recommend. <laughs> all right well that that wraps it up uh so uh well done we got it done a little bit shorter amount of time than last yeah, time it seems so like we got like one 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 <laughs> minute less than last time. Yeah. we're trying for about 19 minutes less but we'll get there yeah it's it's tough I, th- this feels pretty good and pretty pretty much like what it takes to do it but anyway so thanks everybody for watching and listening and versus and we're gonna we're gonna ask you to uh do the things where you subscribe and click on stuff and all that but uh you know again we've we've been trying to get the word out because we've just sort of been in these other platforms and uh, in the audio only world. And so for us to now be uh, sort of starting on YouTube is uh, what an uphill climb that is. So we appreciate anybody who can chip in and click on things or whatever. Uh, That's right. So click on the things, do the things. And, and be sure to join us uh, this Thursday at uh, 6 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Central, when our special guest for our regular Art Fight podcast long one-hour interview will be the great uh, artist um, Wayne White. So uh, we'll be Wayne White, who is uh, just he just did a, a music video uh, project that we'll be talking about with him. Uh, but he was also the design genius behind a little place called Pee Wee Herman's Playhouse. Yeah. And did a lot of iconic imagery. Uh, I can't wait. Yeah. Um, and also did, did, a Tennessee native. Didn't he do the uh, the Peter Gabriel sledgehammer video? Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. So, yeah, definitely an artist. And, yeah, like you say, a, a, a Tennessee native. He just actually had a gallery show in town a few months ago. So uh, um, we'll have plenty to talk to him about. Right on. All right. Well, appreciate it, everyone. And uh, we are out. Okay guys, I love the Art Fight podcast, and I listen to every episode even though I am a robot trying to sound like an actual person. I know it takes a lot to keep the podcast going. How can I help? Go to anchor.fm forward slash Art Fight Podcast, click on the button, the big old button that says support this podcast, and once you get there you'll have three options. You can just choose the lowest level, you're going to pledge 99 cents a month to, to our production and and help us out again anchor.fm forward slash art fight podcast click on support this podcast all right thanks everyone